What's up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Lockdown Cavs Podcast. My co-pilot, Evan Dambles, with me on today's show. It's all about Colin Sexton. If you missed the news that came out Friday, he had surgery to repair his meniscus, and he's now done for the season. We're going to dive into why this is a bummer for Colin and what, what the Cavs do from here, as well as perhaps looking a tad bit at Cavs Nets Monday night. It's all coming up today on Lockdown Cavs. <laughs> You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Before we dive into the show, I want to thank everyone for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms that include YouTube, where we please ask you to subscribe and help us get those numbers up. But Evan, we're back. We haven't talked we since are. after Cavs Warriors, but but how was your weekend? Um, and, and how you? Oh, doing? I misunderstood. You said like, bro, we talk every day. Um, well, my know, weekend was good, man. Pokemon was Pokemon's fun. Um, had a nice weekend home with the rents. Helped them get their Christmas stuff out because you know, if your parents are older like mine and my older they're in their sixties, I drop everything I'm doing or plan my schedule accordingly to go see them. Um. I am not hashtag proud to be a zip because they got gobsmacked by Kent State. Who's OU's big rival? Miami? Yeah. I'm in a divided household too. So. Did they play them? They did. Ohio Ohio won. We uh Good. we claim victory Good. as we as we tend to do. Well the, it's relate. the peak the peak of the Tim Alban era. But um if when they want to throw me the bag to lock lock once locked on Maction, we'll uh we'll we'll talk more about that. But obviously Bro, we're here to talk we about locked on Maction. Oh. Number one, we should not be able to do that. But number two, they should do that because I, I want some deep dives into the to the Central Michigan Chippewas. But um, Evan, this Colin Sexton thing, I just think I want to start with the fact that I think this sucks. This this oh. just sucks. Like I was gonna say no doy during your cold open when you're like this is a bit of a bummer for Colin. But yeah, this definitely sucks. Um, yeah, that's an understatement. But this is the let me, let me outline why I think it's it sucks because I think there's like a very there's there's an angle on it that I've, I found myself thinking the most about through the weekend. Um, this is a player who has been at the front of what the Cavs have done since he got drafted in a lot of ways, in ways that he uh-huh. his play forced to, but also the ways the team put him out that way. And then that has changed this year. His role has changed in a meaningful way at the same time when the team was getting competitive and good and taking a big step forward really since the first time he got drafted. This is effectively a contract year as well. There's just no way for us to avoid that financial implication part of it. The timing for him, just in terms of all of this different stuff, just really could not be worse. So I just empathize with Colin Sexton. Um, I don't want to get into like what he's going to look like when he comes back. Yeah. I don't think there's any way for us to speculate on that. I think we just need to like wait till he comes back and then evaluate that in real time and and, and all and like when it, when we get to the off season, I'm sure we will do a. Okay, what does the context and contract situation look like now come end of the season? Because it will need to be done. We can talk about it then, and we'll have more data on a bunch of different other things as, as well when we get to that. But this is just, like, on a human level, I I just can't imagine how brutal this must feel for him, his family, the guys in the team that's closest with the coaching staff. Like, I, This just sucks, and I, I just, like, it's a boring way to describe what has happened here that he's had surgery on this injury that happened but it, it just sucks man it does suck it's a huge bummer like you said we won't really get into the minutia of 
what he's going to look like because we don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. And I think that's reckless of us to kind of speculate upon fully. Like I shared it in an article today, but I'm like, it's just tough because a lot of people texted me about this when it happened. I was at dinner when this happened and I got a text and a few people like, oh, he should have taken the contract contract offer from the Cavs. Let's be frank. You can't predict knee injuries, especially when it's a teammate bumping a knee with another teammate. Like it was just incidental contact between him and Jared Allen. And unfortunately this was the outcome. I think you and I both gather that Colin tried to find as many opinions possible that could possibly say he can come back this season, but this is the best decision for him long-term. Um, don't know what the implications will be going forward, but having your meniscus shaved or having it partially removed is the worst possible outcome in these types of injuries. And then obviously just couldn't heal naturally. So yeah, it's just tough to think. And like I said, my encounter answered a lot of those people was you can't predict injuries. And I think this is tough. I'm going to be interested to see how these financial talks go when the time comes, probably uh, who knows when, but just based off my conservative estimation, assuming Colin is, fully healthy and has no setbacks in his recovery. He probably won't be back till midseason next year, whether it's with the Cavs or another team who knows, but hope it's the Cavs. It's the namesake of this podcast. But yeah, this just really sucks because Cleveland is struggling to score right now. There are times the offense box down and I really think, man, they could really use Colin Sexton because there's nice Ricky Rubio's on, but there's going to be nice when Ricky Rubio's off. Like he was against the Warriors where he just didn't look sharp. Um, you really do empathize with him a lot. I think it's a good thing he had the surgery done in Atlanta, so he'll be surrounded by family, especially with the holidays right around the corner. That's paramount in this situation. Kevin Love more or less said the same thing during media availability on Saturday. Uh, Colin and Kevin even said, like he said, the thing that's killing him the most is the fact that he can't be on the floor for God knows how long because the recovery process is a little tricky. Um, yeah, this just this just sucks, man. Uh, he may not be the team's best player. He may not be the team's best young player overall, if depending on how you feel about things, but he was a cultural leader for this team. He was more or less the heart and soul. He was a spark plug. Every time he was on the floor, he juiced this Cavs team a lot. I think he's going to be missed. And I think, interestingly enough now, I wonder how the Cavs are going to adapt because much like when Colin was sidelined, I said it's a little bit of a blessing in disguise that the Cavs were getting healthy. Fortunately, it kind of was the case. And even though I've been mobile sidelined for probably the next three-ish weeks or so, or about a week into his injury recovery window, um, Larry Markin is coming back Monday against Brooklyn. Jerry Allen's supposed to come back Monday against Brooklyn. Uh, that helps. That softens the blow a little bit. And then Mac Robinson from 92.3 The Fan and fan of the pod, or friend of the pod, and also fan, he listens to the show every day. Thank you, Mac. And thank you to everyone who makes us your first listen. But... Mac asked me, he's like, do the Cavs need to make a move? I said, no, not right now. I think that'd be an overreaction on Cleveland's part to accumulate assets to try and soften the blow further of losing sex. And I think you see what you have. You evaluate and move forward from there. And uh, somebody asked me on Twitter.com, should the Cavs try and swing for Nikhil Alexander-Walker? I don't think the Cavs really have the assets to get a player like that. But if they could, sure, why not? I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But for now, it just really sucks. Um this was the less than I suboptimal outcome for this season, but long-term this is the best thing for him in his career. And hopefully he's still a Cavalier got two years from now. We'll say two years from now, because this time next year, I, I don't know, because we can talk about this, but if I were him, I take the qualifying offer. And then once again, have to prove to either Cleveland or at that point, any team in the league that he still has it. And we'll just kind of see how it goes. 
Yeah, I don't even. Well, let's t- we'll table that for I think for a while because I just it's, some of that is just so it's this is still oh, there's so, so new. much uncertainty. I have no yeah. idea what the cap's even gonna look like in two years time. Well, even for for like him, it's just like a lot's gonna oh, change. We'll yeah. see what the, the for the, the stuff will change for the team as well. I I was trying to this weekend go back and like find like any point of reference for something like this, and like there's it's not tough. a ton like. Um, well, like this, there, there's, the, there's the Steph Curry thing where his number his number got pushed way low because of the ankle injury, and that was but they I didn't know, even run it all the way out to restricted free agency at that time. And like we're in an era where restricted free agency like too because you can't really pin they're unique to every athlete because based on the well, yeah, skill set, but, but, so. but I'm saying broadly like okay, here's a guy that has just uh, got injured at like an absolute the worst time possible, and like there are exceptions to this. Like Kevin Durant tore his Achilles and got the most money he could because he's Kevin freaking Durant. That is not the luxury that Colin Sexton has here. And like Steph Curry, you know, got like his bar to sign a pretty low deal. There's a very funny like thing where you can go back and find like all the things people wrote about it being a risk because of his ankle injuries. And then like he's yeah. become one of the best players that, that's that, ever played that, basketball. That is partially how they were able to get Kevin Durant on top of the salary cap spike for the TV deal. But Steph yeah, having yes. such a bargain contract allowed Golden State to afford four hall of fame caliber players at the same time yeah and then so like i went back to like okay like maybe chandler parsons had like injuries in it but then got some his deal but before he went to uh to dallas and then obviously things kind of went more awry in memphis 63 games as a rookie 76 next year 74 in his third year in houston which is the last year like he didn't have these like it, a major injury that preceded him going into the market like this so this is just like a really tricky situation and i can't like find a comparison um that it just makes a lot of this really this is just like such a gray weird nebulous kind of zone we're in now with this and i think you know it's i i think we'll we'll talk about how i, I think after the break how the Cavs are going to deal with it and and what are some of the things to watch as we kind of evaluate this this no column sext in reality but it's just like a really tricky thing for him in a way that I just like don't know if we fully like it's going to just continue to evolve and it's just like I don't have a precedent for this like I just can't mm-hmm. think of anything that can like again as you noted all these things are different every injury is going to be different these things just like for a guy to not to have to had basically stare down either the qualifying offer or like restricted free agency it it's just like I it's don't know. Scary it, it's about. scary. Yeah, it's it's incredibly scary. And like, I, I don't. I'm sure there are smart. There are certainly smarter people than than us who work in the league or work for agencies who um, have some like idea, a comparison point for this. But like, I, I haven't been able to find one. I've kind of been doing some research, and I'm gonna try to dive into it more and try to try mm-hmm. to write about that for a time. But Evan, after the break, we're gonna talk about where the Cavs go and, and what this kind of means. And now we know he's officially out for the year, and not just an extended period of time. But first, mm-hmm. got to tell everyone about our friends from PrizePix. PrizePix has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. PrizePix offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. Every user using our code NBA will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, all you got to do is use the promo code NBA. All you got to do, pick two to five players, and over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times in any entry, and it's just you versus those projected numbers. So you could take the over on LeBron combined with the under on Mahomes in the same entry because Price Picks allows mixed sports entries as well. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. 
Do not hesitate. Check out pricepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Pricepicks is daily fantasy made easy. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights of Isaiah Stewart hunting down LeBron James on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy a device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Okay, Evan. So, yeah, so they're now without context for the rest of the year. Um, Obviously. I'm just, you know. <laughs> I know. What do you? I, I watched that. I I looked at Isaiah Stewart's eye again, man. It'd be so metal if he plays with an eye patch going forward. Um, might be hard. Um, I, I guess just, just when bit. you when you when you went to the place of okay, I have to, to practically think about this in, in a basketball sense, right? Whew, where it's tough. Yeah, I mean, we we obviously have seen them play without him for a little bit now. Um, you wrote about this in in a little bit in at right then Euclid. But what have you? What do, where, where did your mind go? What did you kind of think of as, as some of the things you wonder how the Cavs are going to approach this? This Cavs team cannot catch a break because they were one of the fun teams to begin the season because this youth and athleticism and just the mix of things that just don't make sense somehow is working. And I think a lot of that is Ricky Rubio being on the floor. I think a lot of that is Jared Allen playing up to every cent to that contract. Um, Chris Fedor pointed this out to Kevin Love, saying that the Cavs have yet to score 100 points without Colin Sexton on the roster. And Kevin quipped back, saying that, well, we haven't been fully healthy while Colin was out either. So I think getting Lowry Markkinen back, I think getting Jared Allen back are going to be two big boosts to this Cavs team. Um, Isaac Okoro, I think the expectation should still remain that he is not ever going to replicate Collins' offensive upside. I think off the top of my head, he's averaging like 7.1 points on pretty bad shooting, along with six rebounds, 1.4 assists, and 1.2 steals per game, which, you know, you ask Isaac to go out there and play defense. I think you need to see Darius Garland really step up. I think you need to see Evan Mobley when he's back really step up. I think you're going to really see Jared Allen step up. Uh, like those key three are your pillars going forward. Okay, show it. I think the Cavs playoff window closed a little bit. I don't think it's entirely slammed shut yet. We'll see how things go. I think going 0-3 last week certainly doesn't help against Boston, Brooklyn, and Golden State. Playing Brooklyn and then Phoenix is not really the best thing to do prior to Thanksgiving. And then you get a you get an Orlando team that's pretty scrappy after that, but that's a winnable, but it's a more winnable game for Cleveland in terms of their schedule. They're hitting a little bit of a rougher patch schedule wise too, especially with that January road trip kind of looming post Christmas as well. There's going to be a lot of nights um, where the Cavs sputter offensively, where they need a player to go out there and get a quick bucket for them to kind of jolt them or somebody who can get to the free throw line and get them easy buckets. Like there's, it's been a issue. This is what I talked about when Colin was first announced to have in a meniscal tear and he'll be out for the foreseeable future is I still don't know how the Cavs are going to fully adapt. I think we're seeing it a little bit leading on Ricky Rubio, a hell of a lot more too. Um, I think JV, if he had it his way would, it's probably going to start the three bigs tomorrow against Brooklyn, as long as marketing is available. Um, so you'd see marketing Wade and Allen alongside a Coro and Garland, which is a pretty big lineup in itself, but he, 
needs to get Jetty Osmond going again too. Like Jetty Osmond needs to consistently be a solid contributor off the bench for this cast team. There's a way for Cleveland to supplant his scoring and kind of find other avenues to replace Colin, who on any given night is 16 points for his average on the season, but 16 to 20, even 25 a night, depending on how defenses are playing him. It's tough for sure. Um, it's still a work in progress because this cast team isn't fully healthy, as Kevin Love said. But once they kind of shape back to form and get some of these key players back, we'll have a clearer idea of what they do and don't look like without Colin and what they can and cannot achieve without Colin. There is, I think, just inevitable adjustment, right? Like, there's just, oh, yeah. like, it is not, like, his role was obviously a little lower this year, right? Like his, he is playing without the ball in his hands yeah, a lot. It, the, the Cavs were looking to get Darius to be the the engine of the offense. Yeah, this this has been a transition year. This has been an adjustment for him. I mean, his numbers and usage and everything were like down, obviously, and he was transitioning a new role. We we've we've talked about that on the sh- on the show. I think plenty amount. Um, I think the trickiest thing is like they 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 are now down another guy that has comfortable with the ball in his hand and trying to get his own bucket and like mm-hmm. it's about 10 shots a, it's about 15 close to 15 shots a game for him this year um again that's a little bit down his usage rate it's just like a very different role than he had last year so it's not as like a gaping situation as it might have been you know a year ago but it, it, it they're, they're just lacking a little bit of that dy- a dynamic kind of scoring that they're lacking his cutting. I, I think, even though we don't always see it as much as, as you know, I at least might like, like there are little things that I think that are just going to be tricky to figure out as they go. Um, they're going to miss his off ball shooting. I mean, for, for as, as you know, he's inconsistent and maybe doesn't always want to take his threes at the volume that, you know, his, his overall percentages might indicate he could take them. Or the volume that we bang our fists against we, our desks about. For yeah, or you can, like, and you can see him sometimes like pass. There's times where he will like pass up an open three, where like maybe you you'd like him to take one in an optimal kind of world. But like he's a guy that defenses don't ignore. Um, he's a guy that you know he if you come to if you he's also a guy that if you he, you let him cut in the situations like he can make you pay for getting too close to him. Like he's a guy you have to pay attention to for for better or for worse for them. Um, on when when they're on defense and the Cavs are on offense, like it's just going to be an adjustment. And I would, ex- I kind of wonder if we're going to see a lot more lineup kind of finagling from JB. Um, you you mentioned Jetty. I, I wouldn't be. I wonder if he gets an uptick in minutes because, like, I think the Dylan Windler thing has not been good. I don't think Denzel Valentine's been good. Like Jetty being tied to Ricky's hip is just like a thing that makes sense. And like maybe you yep. turn the Jetty dial like another like four minutes or so to kind of fill some gaps here. Um. The, the other part of it is that Jetty right now is dealing with back spasms. He is listed as doubtful according to the latest injury report, so you're probably not going to see him Monday. Um, and then, you know, Lamar Stevens is almost back, and again, a lot of this is moot. Like, a lot of this kind of... A lot of the stuff that would be really interesting is just, like, how much does Evan Mobley get empowered is, like, an open question here, and we're not going to know that until Evan Mobley is back. So, like, this is, yep. like, we're going to take a step here with the stuff we're going to see the next couple weeks, starting Monday against Brooklyn. And we've already kind of been seeing. And then when Mobley comes back, then we get the actualized version of, of some of this stuff, at least. Yep. I think you're spot on on that. I think Evan Mobley really is. It, yes, Colin's injury is unfortunate and sucks, but I think Evan Mobley going down is like the 
bigger blow to this Cavs oh, offensively yeah, yeah. and I, defensively I, I, because he just does so many little things for this offense. It just kind of makes the weirdness of the construction work. And like defensively, Jared Allen's going to be leaned on a hell of a lot more because he's going to be covering for Lowry Marketed. And I mean, Dean Wade is competent defensively, but he's no Evan Mobley in that regard. So it's, it's like you said, it's going to be a lot of adapt- adaptation. It's going to be a lot of tinkering on JB's part. I'm interested to see what he does and doesn't do with this team. I think Jetty being out tomorrow is suboptimal. So we're going to see a lot of Dylan Windler minutes. We're going to see a lot of Denzel Valentine minutes. I think when Jetty and Lamar are both back, I think you see less Windler minutes because Lamar and then no Valentine minutes because Stevens will soak up the majority of those. I'm also curious if maybe you don't want to burn out Ricky Rubio either. Maybe the Cavs, like Kevin Pangos could be an option. The Cavs kind of, turn to for a little bit too just to see if there's something there i mean it hasn't been great when he has played legitimate minutes for the yeah. Cavs, not in garbage time but you can't leave any stone unturned or maybe you bring up rj nemhart if because he's been killing it with the charge or you bring up kyle guy because you want to add some shooting off the bench or something like you might have to turn to the charge and say okay wh- what can we do that we already have that we can maybe sign on a cheaper team friendly-ish contract to kind of work with here before you really say Let's make a trade. Let's make a lateral upgrade and sacrifice some of our draft capital or some of our other assets to make a move to kind of supplant some of this scoring and, like you said, at least theoretical shooting that Colin provides. Just before we're going to break, here's minutes for some notable Cavs this year according in this kind of context. Darius Garland's playing almost 35 minutes a night. I cannot imagine the dial on him is going to get turned um, all that higher. It just that just seems well. It might tomorrow against Brooklyn. Um, Rubio's playing. And Evan Mobley is playing 40 minutes a night before he got hurt. Yo, I think JB might play Mobley 40 minutes a night if he could. If we're if we're keeping it if we're keeping it 100 about that, um, I think he I think he might. Uh, Rubio um, is playing 29.5, but here are his last four games: 32, 37, 33, 37. So he's obviously going to play a lot of minutes. Um, and then you get into like Okoro and, and Jetty's only playing. Jetty's playing 21, and I wouldn't be surprised if that again ticks up to 25 ish or so. Um, Evan, let's talk, yeah, let's talk a little sense. bit more about some of their their options um, for if they need to bring someone in here after the break. But first, guys, everyone about our friends at Bill Bar. Look, Evan, I love Thanksgiving, and I love getting in a, a turkey trot run on Thanksgiving. And I'm really excited to get my turkey trot run in, run my 5K in, in wonderful Cleveland, Ohio, wind and all. And when I get back to my car, I'm going to have a built bar. I'm going to have some protein. I'm going to get a nice cup of coffee, nice and hot to warm my cold soul. And I'm going to have a built bar because I'm going to need some protein. Prior to the run? Well, you know, I'll have coffee before. You're an absolute madman drink coffee before. Oh, Go ahead. The built bar, excellent We'll talk about the, the pre-run and post-run coffee benefits. It's good stuff. But look, built bar. You can replace that coconut cream pie with built bar. If you're Evan, you could replace like a fruit, like let's say a raspberry pie with a raspberry built bar get that protein get that bump just have them both honestly for do they make raspberry pie I, it, according to built bar Let's do strawberry rhubarb pie and replace it with a strawberry built bar beautiful there even better go. that's Look, a pie evan likes that's right covered in these are bars covered in 100 chocolate low calorie low carb low fat high protein they're a great option for when you're hungry. And look, if Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough for you and you just are watching a Cavs game, you need to chow down, try a Bill Bar or try two. And look, there's also nothing like Bill Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, 
you'll get 50% off your order. Again, the promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So, Evan, the Cavs can here. Hold on one second. I got to mark my calendar for that Black Friday deal because that is too good to be true. Don't forget, folks, that is Built15 to get 15% locked, off your locked, order at Built. Locked15. Locked15. Locked get 15% off at Built.com. So, Cavs do have some mechanisms here to, in the short term, add something to the roster. They can apply for a disabled player exception. Sexton would have to be ruled out yeah. until next June for that to be able to work. They have to, like, he has to be deemed out, like, that amount of time, which I think would happen because he's had surgery. But, like, if they want to do yeah. that, they that that's the path they have to go. It has it's to a be, bit of a process, yeah, there's, but I think there's some there's, there's some, like, paperwork they need to do, basically. And then they could sign someone for up to $3.1 million in salary and have them on the roster for the rest of the season. That is maybe a mechanism to, like, bring in a, a younger guard or something as, like, depth. Um, you know, maybe maybe that's how, like, if they were to, let's say, bring up Emhard and then Kyle Guy becomes, like, another two-way. Like, there's some things you could do. I just want, like, this, there's not a team that, they're in sort of, like, a tricky, like, they don't have an open roster spot, so they can't just go sign someone. They would have to go that route. And if then they were to make a trade, they would have to really weigh the financials of it, because I don't think there's any reason for this Cavs team to, go so all in on like like finding scoring or trying to be more competitive right now just because of like they're they're close to that tax line they're only a couple million dollars under the luxury tax line there's no reason for them to pay the luxury tax this year for what they are it, it's just mm -hmm. like basically uh if they don't get the disabled player exception they're probably gonna like use two-way guys as depth pieces more uh, barring assuming other injuries yeah. and stuff and they can't add anyone. They'll just be a 14-man team and uh, barring a, a future trade of some kind. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's just... I don't really know what the Cavs can do. I'm like looking at some of the free agents available right now. Like It's not ideal. Um, maybe Mitch Ballack gets a call-up. Like He's technically a free agent, so that'd be a cleaner signing for the Cavs, and they could keep um, RJ Nemhart on that two-way deal. Um it's tough, and you and I think both agree that the Cavs really shouldn't overreact or make like a move right now. And they are an organization to do that. The Cavs are an organization who will drag everything out to the last possible minute if they can, because they're fully in evaluation mode. And it's not an insult; it's a good thing because it leads to good content for us. But um, I think just for now, you wait to see this team healthy. I think. It's going to be bumpy for the next three or so weeks when Evan Mobley's reevaluated. Then you have a clear timetable of his return because that'll be the full four week window. And the Cavs are an organization who always err on the side of caution when it comes to player recovery. So when they initially said Evan Mobley would be out like two to four weeks, I think, I think I said on the show, it's going to be four weeks. Um, see where he's at there. Kind of roll forward with that. Maybe at that point, Darius and Jarrett and even Laurie, like Laurie being out with COVID is the most frustrating thing, at least when it comes to this injury stuff, because he really needs to gel with a lot of these bigger players. He really needs to gel with Darius. He needs to find his mark because they brought him in for a reason. He's a clear upgrade on Larry Nance Jr. in terms of shooting and offensive potential. Um, at least Larry had that familiarity with the majority of this roster. So if like Colin went down and Larry was still here, the Cavs would struggle to score, but they keep on keeping on. Like they have to keep integrating Larry Market into the fold here too. So like that's the frustrating thing of him getting sidelined. 
Um, not only that, I'm interested to see what the COVID recovery will be like for Markkinen and Love because Kevin shared during media availability on Saturday that he said his body's totally fine, but the hardest thing for him is learning how to properly breathe while on the port again because his lungs are just adapting. And Miles Garrett is a perfect, perfect example of this. He had to use an inhaler last year. He still might now if he does. But yeah, uh, Jason, it's, it's, Jason Tatum had the same thing. I think Jalen Brown has had – like this isn't – yeah, this yeah. isn't – a thing that just it know, has clean. lingering effects, even though they're vaccinated. Like Kevin Love is going to have a hard time breathing. Larry Markkinen is going to have a hard time breathing. Like it's not just a physical conditioning thing; it's a cardiovascular conditioning thing, and that's why the NBA is kind of rigorous with these testings and evaluations. So, whew, the Cavs are kind of at a crossroads. Uh, we'll see how this team comes out of it, but it's going to be a bumpy few weeks. I think we're going to see some ugly, frustrating losses because there's going to be nights where. Ricky Rubio isn't able to turn uh, shit into sunshine or something like that. I don't know what the saying is at the top of my head right now, but like, there's going to be nights where Ricky Rubio looks bad. There's going to yeah. be nights where Darius Garland looks bad, and those two are the lead initiators of this offense. You can't ask Isaac Okoro to be the point guard. Um, can't Jared ask, Allen yeah, can't create yeah. on his own. Like, it's, it's, it's tough. So there's going to be growing pains, obviously, with this young team, but I think losing Colin really lose, you lose a lot of dimension for this offense, a lot of versatility for this offense. So I think it's going to be a multiple evaluation phase. And maybe we come back and reevaluate things 10. Well, we're already six games in maybe like once the team's fully healthy, we really start to like pay attention to like, okay, this is what isn't working. This is what is working. And then we kind of move forward from there. Yeah. But yeah, I think you and I are both agree that the Cavs don't need to overreact right now and do anything. They just got to see what they have first. Couple just veteran guards. If they wanted to go that route, Isaiah Thomas is out there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God. Uh, Did you see him retweet a fan the other day that bought an Isaiah Thomas Cavs shirt or Jersey saying that's legendary that no, but salute to Isaiah Thomas. I honestly respect all respect. to. I hope he gets that. If he, if the Cavs signed him, I hope they just have like his fitted suit that LeBron bought him just sitting in his locker waiting for him. Yeah. What number does he wear? That was the question. And you have to give everyone Jersey coupons. Um, Shabazz Napier is out there. Emmanuel Moutier, uh, Quinn Cook, who the Cavs are familiar with, is a technically an NBA free agent, but he's playing for a team over in Russia at the moment. Um, Shump is a free agent. Deion Waiters is a free agent and has posted Dancing videos of himself looking very champion. Yeah, Deion's looking very svelte on his Instagram. Uh, Patrick McCaw, Cavs legend Pat McCaw is 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 around. You like, know what, dude? Bring in Deion Waiters for the culture. I mean, <laughs> it'll destroy the culture, but it'll at least be interesting. Yeah, um, Rajon Tucker, uh, who the Cavs player. like. There, there's a guard you could get. I I don't think any of that. Yeah, I I wonder. Yeah, I'll be curious to see how they approach this. Evan, besides, uh, just give, before we as we wrap up here, Cavs Nets Monday night. Cavs are eight point underdogs Brooklyn. at home. We'll be there covering it. Um, just give me a give me something you're looking forward to. Just give me like a one line thing to watch. How Isaac Okoro spends his time defending James Harden and Kevin Durant and how does Brooklyn defend the Cavs because they will have Allen back and that's more of a paint threat. It's just, it's going to be a defensive grind fest. I think like either the Cavs slow down the nets or the nets just steamroll them. Yeah. Uh, What about you? Jared, Jared Allen returning and Jared Allen providing infrastructure on the defensive end and and as a screener and offense is worth watching. And, um, as a bonus, because you kind of did two, I feel like I should do two. Um, I want to see what marketing looks like. 
I just yeah, kind of, I'm just be fun too. That's just like uh, I feel like I Jared Allen will come back and just sort of like I know what he's going to do. Marketing has been out due to COVID, and like that is a whole thing you just kind of need to to handle. And it's also, the Cavs are coming off a couple of days of rest, which is good for them for once. Like they should be like that's a true. little a little a little rested. That's true. It's also wild to think that the Cavs and that's both start seven foot small forwards. That's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. See. Who who can tell the difference? Not me between yeah, Ke- between Kevin Durant and Lowry Markkinen. You heard it here first, folks. But anyway, thanks again for listening. Thanks for checking us out on YouTube or on WKYC or wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, thanks again for making Locked On Cavs your first listen every day. Um, if you haven't already, check out Locked On Bets for your second listen. You want all the great uh, daily one-stop shop for your gambling needs? Locked On Bets will be your work queue with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. We'll be back tomorrow talking about Cavs nets and other Cavs things that will surely happen. Until then, I'm Chris. He's Evan. It's been Locked On Cavs, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Have a good one.